0: We're here because of God's grace. It's through God's love and grace that we acknowledge the First Nations people on whose land we meet. We acknowledge their care for country, land, oceans and waters. We acknowledge Elders past, present and future. We acknowledge past injustices. And we acknowledge the need through Jesus and with Jesus to work towards conciliation. You've found the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church, where we go deeper and wrestle with the stuff we talk about on a Sunday morning. So please join us as we take next steps together. Hello, and welcome to the Next Steps podcast. My name's Matt, I'm your host, and joining me today are Mitchell, Pastor Matt Garvin, and Pastor Dan Hutchison. We're recording this episode on monday the 22nd of november and you'll be able to find it on the internet on wednesday the 24th of november welcome guys it's great to have you um matt uh well, tell give us a bit of a rundown on what we uh, got into on sunday morning
1: hmm. well this is the end of a, a two-part mini series in some ways on Stepping into your calling last week, we talked about how the foundation of your calling has to be your relationship with Jesus. And from there, learning to live like Jesus. But then uh, we were engaging on Sunday about the, this incredible truth that there is a specific plan that God has for you. We get that from Ephesians 2.10, where it says, we are God's handiwork. So there's this sense in which, it, in the Greek, it's this, um, it's a, uh, something that's really well done, more like a masterpiece than what I would do if I was doing handiwork. I hate, I hate handiwork. Uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This sense that there's specific works. Uh, and uh, in Ephesians four, which we often come back to, part of the outcome of the body growing in Ephesians four sixteen is each part doing its work. That there. There is specific work for each and every one of us to do, and so it's something we've been talking about a lot at citywide over the last four or five years. And uh, we just spent a bit of time talking about that. But then, talking about, I felt like it was necessary to get into some of the real, some of the reality of that, because I think sometimes it can be a bit romantic. This idea, I'm just going to find my deep and wonderful purpose in life, uh, and then everything will sound good and feel good and wonderful but the reality of stepping into your calling is, is not really that it's it's something else uh, and uh, so I, I spent a really a bit of time just going through a, a bunch of things that I wanted to communicate about what it means to actually step into your calling the, and the first one was that as you step into your calling uh, it's going to be about a role not a, a goal not a role but most of us get sucked into the idea of roles. We want to be a pastor or a, uh, we want to be a, a carpenter or we want to be a, a YouTube influencer or an author or a musician or a, we want to be a thing. And uh, I, uh, as I look at church history, as I look at Jesus, uh, as I look at um, his call to us to be ready to respond to people in need in Matthew 25, it's just really clear that if you're going to follow Jesus, there's going to be goals he gives you to work towards, the things that you want to um, dedicate yourself to. And for me, part of it is building a church. One of the goals that I'm working towards is building a, a church that uh, where people live their faith in the real world. That's, for me, one of the goals that sort of drives me. Um, but one of the things I've discovered in that is... Uh, You can't just sit back with a label pastor and think, oh, good, everything's going to happen. I'm just going to do only things that pastors do. No, you've got to be ready to uh, clean the toilets, vacuum the floors, do whatever you need to do in order to move forward. So I, I think one of the things I wanted to say first up is if you're feeling like you're called to a role, you're probably in dangerous territory. and I've seen so many people crash and burn because they pursue the fantasy of a role rather than goals.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Matt. That's um, I, I know listening to you too on Sunday, I found that particularly uh, relevant. Um, Dan, um, how did you hear?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, when I heard that too, I was reflecting on Myself coming into pastoral ministry and and how it certainly wasn't on my radar. I mean, I was, I was at uni doing a Bachelor of Natural Environment Wilderness Studies, wanting to be out in the bush. And uh, yeah, just had a sense that God was calling me. And it's funny because I Maria told me after I took the role at Citywide, she said, I oh, always knew he was going to be a pastor. I was like, oh, that, that was news to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what really... Yeah, it drove me that way was just I loved hanging out with young people, loved hanging out with Mitch, and uh, you know to have an opportunity to share life with others, and that's that was kind of the goal that started to shape. It was just like, oh wow, well, I'd love this opportunity to just connect with young people and and share life and 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 see transformation. And I think from there, um, yeah, that continues to drive me and what I'm passionate about. And and I think it's hard because you can get Caught up in the role uh, and all the things that come with being a pastor, that then take away from maybe that original um, goal of just wanting to to be with people, connect with people, uh, to see transformation and and a sense these dis- disciplines too to to um, encourage one another as we submit to Christ. Um, you get caught up in in kind of other parts of what it means to be a pastor. That um, yeah, I think it was helpful to remind ourselves of of some of those things of the reasons why we are passionate about our calling and and what god's laying on our heart that um yeah you got to keep coming back to that because the role also i think will will um maybe
0: take your eyes off that mm. yeah yeah mitchell you're a, you're a you're a young adult you're studying at uni you're planning your life um this whole this whole idea that it's not actually about the role you have it's about you know what what your goals actually are um, how, how does
2: that sound to you i'm not surprising honestly i don't know why but i think i had a, a misconception or a previous misconception that it, it was about a role that i'm called to be a something i'm called to do a something and I, yeah it actually makes a lot more sense honestly <laughs> to me um and i look back through my life and i realize no, i haven't been called to a role I've been called to the, the smaller things, the things that, you know, I should be doing to, you know, appease God and become the man that he's intended for me to be. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I know, um, you're certainly, like I was saying, listening to, to that when you were talking about it, Matt, you know, I was just sort of reflecting myself and sort of thinking, you know, yeah, you know, I, I much like Dan, you know, I've sort of felt called to certain areas or, or certain, um, uh things that i can't even explain like like people say oh wh- what are you going to be doing in the future and i'll say oh well you know i'd like to be uh working in a church or serving in a church and i'll say oh so you mean this job and i sort of think no i don't know what that what job it would be you know um it's that's that's up to god it's it's more of a feeling a sense of it, it's, it can be hard to put into words and you talked about that on sunday
1: mm, absolutely I, well actually was what i um it's kind of the next thing I was saying was that your, your your calling will come from a a spirit given dream or vision that you will probably find hard to articulate and and probably becomes a bit clearer as you follow. Like I think one of the great frustrations for me is often like I hear a lot about vision statements and mission statements and that kind of thing, but but the I, I, what I as I talk to people I, I discover that there's something in them that really matters and and for them uh they they often find it hard to put into words and and gradually as you walk your life it it gradually comes more and more into focus it's interesting talking to my son Dan and just saying how he 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 still wouldn't be able to name what his calling is but he's loving working with in the disability sector as a a carer or my, my daughter Maddie who uh really does feel called to ministry but in the moment is working as a family therapist and 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 loving that and so all of those become what you do becomes an expression when it's working well of what's in your heart and you will probably find it hard to put what's in your heart into words that's why uh in acts peter says uh it quotes the the prophet joel and joel says when the spirit work is at work uh, old men are going to uh, dream dreams and young men are to see visions and the spirit will be poured out on men and women that, that there will be these dreams and visions that kind of are at the heart of things, but often it's hard to put it into language. And uh, and so I, I feel like we need to give each other permission not to be too neat and tidy, not to have quite a, a simple sentence about what God's doing, but to have, but to be listening though to where your where your dreams actually are, and and uh, and I feel like gradually as you keep stepping out, things get do come into focus slowly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I kind of um, I was certainly reflecting and sort of thinking, you know. Um, I think people who do have that, who do think they've got it all sorted out and they know exactly what they want. Um, it's, it's, it's very dangerous, Dan, um, to be like that. Yeah, I, definitely.
3: I, I think um, when you are relying a bit too much on your own strength or, or your own, um, what, what you think, you know, uh, then I think we can certainly put God to the side and, and, um, end up doing damage because uh, we're working in our own strength uh, instead of instead of his I know again coming to this role I, I don't naturally in enjoy getting up in front of people and talking and and even doing this podcast like to get my words together um, sometimes takes me a bit of thinking but I just know that that God glorifies uh, God uses what we give uh, for his glory and um yeah I, I've spent a lot of time uh trying to wrestle that out with God as to you know what's my relationship with him how do I see Jesus as the son uh, you know God as the father and the Holy Spirit and and more so on on my relationship there to then know that I can lean on his strength when I'm doing his work um, and, and whatever that calling is um, and I and therefore he puts me in, in situations that i'm uncomfortable with and i know that that's okay because he's got me in that but i think if i then went into situations thinking i knew it all or or was overconfident that i've got this then yeah that's when i sometimes come away and go oh man i really put my foot in it there or or um yes i have a few memories of some very arrogant situations that uh always keep in my mind to to humble me
1: (laughs) Mm.
0: yeah um mitchell this this can all sound a bit airy fairy though
2: can't it um i I just just wonder how how you find that um yeah i can certainly well for me and i can certainly imagine for other people my age or around that may find yeah what I, i guess these guys are saying is a bit a bit not frustrating but it is a bit it's not definite and i personally when i learn and stuff i i love to know the definitions of stuff and then i build from there i build my knowledge and then when I hear this sort of, oh, it doesn't have to be this or it doesn't have to be that, I do actually find that quite difficult to, I don't know, differentiate between, you know, what we're meant to do and not to do and, or define just in general. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's unusual, to be honest.
1: Well, well, I think that's kind of where I wanted to uh, drill down a bit and say, okay, so what is it? What, how, what is he calling meant to look like? And the next two things I said are kind of related. one One is that uh, in one Peter two nine, Peter picks up a theme that's right the way through the Bible and he says, "You're meant to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And he's talking to the church there. And uh, it's interesting. in the in the Old Testament, there was a right, quite a separation between the priesthood, and the, the government or the, the kings, they were not meant to overlap. Uh, and uh, the, the job of the priests was the, the job of bringing people to God. Uh, and, and also, uh, so, so praying for people and, and being kind of the, the link between uh, people and God. Uh, and, and also uh, bringing God god's insights to the world but the, the job of the the king was to enact god's will in time and space to, to to bring his will into the into the day-to-day of life for everybody and and what that means for us your calling will be about reflecting the nature and character of god to the world so in your families and in your workplace and you are to be a reflection of that, but you're also meant to be representing your friends and family and workplaces back to God through prayer. Uh, and so that's, that's a, a tangible thing we are meant to be doing. And uh, part of that, sort of related to that, 1 Peter 3.9 says uh, that even as you experience the pain and, and sometimes evil uh, in the world, you're not meant to repay evil with evil. You're not meant to have a bigger gun. You're not. You're not meant to become a monster, so the monster won't scare you. You are meant to repay evil with blessing. We're meant to be people who bring blessing, uh, and people should be experiencing because we are reflecting God to the world. People should be experiencing us as a blessing. Uh, which is again a real challenge because if we if we're just going with the flow, people won't be experiencing us as much. They'll just be experiencing it as someone else going with the flow. It very clearly we are to be acting in a way that is different, and causes people to say they are a blessing.
0: Hmm. I mean, particularly that second point that you make there is so feels so countercultural to to just our the moment that we're in as a society. Um, Dan, I, I just wonder how you respond to that.
3: Yeah, as I'm reading through the Bible in the year, I'm up to Acts and I've felt really challenged in this way too, just seeing the early church be so countercultural, um, see them rely so heavily on the Holy Spirit in, in, in guiding them and uh, yeah, just just their generosity and, and uh, meeting others' needs uh and available to others so uh, all, all these things are just what they feel led to do to be a priesthood to their community and um yeah i've i've kind of you know i've read acts a few times and of course we love doing sermon series on acts and how we should be this radical church but yeah each time i think if you read it you just go wow there's there's so many so much more for us uh uh, just another level to, to get to in, 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 how we do that. I think again, with comfort. Um, yeah. I do like I said, I, I'm still processing. Cause it was just, it was last night again, Mitch, you know, doing the dishes, <laughs> our next house, we, we were looking for a dishwasher. So I'm going to have to find another way to um, have these real God moments. <laughs> but I just enjoyed listening to acts and, and hearing, you know, Paul and, and Peter and all that, just living out their faith in that way. And, and, uh, yeah, as, as we step into our calling and really take ownership of that, of being royal priesthoods in our, in our neighbourhoods and, and in our community, um, it's going to look radically different. And, uh, yeah, keep looking forward to us as, as a church and, and individuals as we try and step into that.
0: Mm. I, I do remember as a, as a slightly younger, less wise person talking about how I wanted to be part of an Acts church. Mm-hmm. And a, and a much wiser man saying to me, be careful what you wish for, young man. That's right. <laughs> Mitchell, um, yeah, that this whole idea of serving and, and and being so countercultural and standing out so much in the world, um, is it appealing? Is it intimidating? Um, how, how do you feel about this stuff?
2: Um, well, about those things you just mentioned, I actually don't find that too intimidating at all. I think it is some of the other more... Uh, things that we ascribe to that i think are a lot more intimidating to deal with in the wider world just to the i guess societal uh different um things that are happening and different norms that are happening as well but i just i also just think that i just know a lot of people that are already doing that just generally in their own way it may not be as obvious to us but i've mm. seen that in my friends were non-christians i've seen that in several other people but in that same breath there have been christians that i haven't seen been doing that um and i'm being one of them in some circumstances
1: well look the, the next two things i said are also related uh and and they fly in the face of what most of us think when we think about callings and you know sort of stepping into personal fulfillment and and that is uh, there is one truth that Jesus says over and over again. In fact, I, I whistled through the, all the different references in, in the sermon. I'll do it again here. like Matthew 10, Matthew 16, Mark 8, Luke 9, Luke 14, Luke 17, Luke 18, Luke, and John 12 all say the same thing, that if you want to pick up and go for your own life, if you want to seek personal fulfillment, you'll actually lose your life. But if you're willing to die to yourself, to give up to your give up your life for Jesus' sake, that's where you find your life. And so uh, it's so important for us to understand that stepping into our calling is a, a dying to yourself, which is what baptism represents. It means when you go under the water, you are representing, okay, my life is no longer my own. And when you come back up, you say, My life is Jesus. And and this idea that your calling will always come in the shape of a cross Uh, and it's not a superficial thing to be saying what it means is there'll be times where people actually persecute you where life is horrible where the only thing you can shout out is God why have you forsaken me just as Jesus shouted it out and uh, that is often not a sign that something's going wrong, but actually a sign that you might be in the right place at the right time. And you've got to hold on through your Gethsemane moments right. where, you, where part of you is saying, God, I don't want to do this. Please take it away. And it's sort of related to that. Uh, there is, uh, in Luke 22, Jesus says, look, you've you got to serve. You don't come to be the superstar. It's not, and, and everybody in the world wants to be the celebrity, but if you're going to follow me, you need to come and be the servant. And like I said on Sunday, what that means for me, I, I remember, uh, actually, I didn't say this on Sunday, but I, I remember for me, trying to imagine the worst job I could think of for me. Everyone has their own worst job. Um, for some people, it's public speaking. But for me, the worst job I could think of was uh sweeping the aisles at Coles between you know 2am and 6am uh, when nobody's around and and I just thought that would kill me I and I remember getting to a point in my life where I said to Jesus look even if you want me to do that I'm willing uh, it is being willing to do whatever Jesus invites you to do uh, and and, and that necessarily means being ready to clean the toilets if that's what's needed. You, know, you, you do what is needed, but you serve and you be ready to die to yourself. And 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 Jesus promises the paradox of all that is as you do it, you actually ultimately you find your life. You become more and more you. You become freer and freer as you serve. So that, those two statements, those two references in the Bible, uh, uh, are really important anchors for this discussion of what it means to step into the calling that God has for you.
0: Mm. Mm. Following your calling means dying to yourself, Mitchell. Um, that's that's heavy stuff. Um, mm. I don't know how you feel about that.
2: As in, so when you say that, is that trying to say that when you're taking or you're picking up your calling or oh yeah, yeah, taking your calling, whatever, is that trying to say that you're trying to get rid of all all your earthly desires and all your own, uh, I guess, wants or something like that in place of God's or how do you mean? Well,
1: it's it's a good question. One of the things that the Bible talks about is that there's two sides to it. There's the spirit and the flesh. Uh, And in Galatians it says uh, you are free, but you're not to use your freedom to do whatever you want. Uh, because your flesh wants to do things that minimize pain and maximize pleasure. There is part of you that does genuinely want to love God and go for it. It's not about killing who you are. It's about killing the side of you that wants to be full of yourself and and, and being willing to die to that. And and as part of that, coping when people don't see you or coping yeah. when, when, you know, things don't, you don't get the, pay, the ego payoff you would have liked, or like, life will not be organized around your ego. Uh, and so finding your meaning in Jesus, not finding your meaning in the, the benefits you get from other people saying how wonderful you are, or people paying you money, or whatever it is. Uh, it, is uh, it is this being willing to put Jesus and his agenda first, to, and, and which necessarily means putting love first, loving people and loving people more than yourself, uh, being, being willing to, to do things that feel uncomfortable and unpleasant even. Mm. Uh, and and lots, there's lots of little things where God works on it for me, like and, and really practical things. <laughs> like Whereas, you know, often I'm feeling a bit frustrated at the, before church, happens and and I'll want to be getting my head into you know what I'm going to say and I'm worried about things but then the chairs will need to get put out uh and I and and for me it's a bit of a spiritual discipline the I don't don't know if it's listed with many other spiritual disciplines but the spiritual discipline of setting up a church room uh before you preach is takes a bit of emotional energy for me and when I'm not doing well I it, it really gets me in the wrong place but it is a it, it requires from me a dying to myself. That's a silly example, but I feel like life's full of that, where, where you wanna do stuff that gets you the respect and attention and, and uh, things that you deserve, but, you, you, but really it's about dying to yourself. It's about um, remembering who is actually the person who deserves attention and respect. Uh, And as you do that, what Jesus promises is that's where you find your life. You actually become freer uh, and you become more you as you let him take over your life. Hmm. Does that,
0: does that, is that clear image?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I actually, yeah, no, I definitely line with what you were saying about how your own ego, I guess you want to be in places where people inform your ego, I guess. And, and I've certainly had that. Like I feel like when I've lost those places or I've, I've moved away from those places, I've lost who I am or I lost who I felt like I am. And that's obviously something I just really need to work on as well. Um,
0: Dan, how do you respond to this stuff?
3: Yeah, well, I think um, some of the stuff I've been wrestling with, with that language and maybe just using it slightly different is talking about being willing to disgrace yourself for, for God. And it's kind of the, the first idea, first time I, I read this was looking at David and his willingness to dance mm. uh, in front and, and people to go, you know, that's embarrassing. Why are you doing that? And then I was just thinking as I was listening, um, uh, Paul, not Paul, sorry, um, Peter, uh, when he he said, no, Jesus, you shouldn't be washing my feet. And then Jesus says, well, this is what I must do to serve you. And he said, well, just wash all of me then. Like, you know, just jump straight in. And, you know, I, I like to be liked. I, I like to say things that that people, um, you know, think. I guess it's a little bit like we we're saying before about the ego and and dangerous when we, you know, we like to, to get on with people. And, and I know there was a time where I just didn't want to confront people and stuff and and things. But. Yeah, right now I'm really wrestling with what does that mean to be willing to disgrace yourself, or and then back in the context of what we're talking about, to die to yourself, um, to die to your ego, um, to follow Christ, and and so that's yeah, I, it means putting ourselves in situations that again the norms would say you shouldn't act like that or do that, but when our when our heart is for the kingdom and and to see that um, further then... I think we've got to be willing to disgrace ourselves, to 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 humble ourselves, to to die to ourselves, um, and and that's when God uses those things. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's certainly true. I, I mean, again, I'm sitting. I've been sitting here reflecting, listening to Matt, all all of you really talking, and sort of thinking, you know, like uh, just putting myself, you know, feeling called into service in my local church, not really understanding what that means. And then constantly you find yourself actually being pushed into areas that you, you don't really love, you don't really enjoy, but there are things that that are important that 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 are important and need to be done. So you do them and you realize very quickly, I I'm not I'm not here doing this stuff because I think it's fun. Um it's it's something that that's serving other people and is a necessary thing. Um yeah, I can really relate to that, Matt. That that idea that that it's you know it's
1: not fun a lot of the time. Mm. But but it's also true that as you do it, <laughs> it's like it it's, God meets you, and 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 you find meaning in it. it doesn't mean it's yeah. always going to be yeah. brilliant. And and uh, I I I don't mm. you know aspire to have the ministry of chair packing up and cleaning and stuff, but. <laughs> but it, but it's often a time for me uh, when I'm doing it, I think God is actually, as I'm sort of quietly praying or having conversations with God about what's going to happen, it's, it's often a, a time that's uh, useful for me even if I'm doing things that I don't want to be doing mm. necessarily. Absolutely. A, a, a couple of other things I said were related uh, and, and they were about the importance of other people. Mm. And what I wanted people to hear was, as you step into your calling, you just can't do it on your own. Like you actually need fellowship. The Bible has no conception of a solo Christian who's just, you know, having their quiet times and listening to Jesus. Because the the enemy's one of the enemy's great goals is to get you separate to so that uh, Satan's one of his primary tasks is the accuser of the brethren. This is got the accuser of the brothers and sisters, the, the person who brings division. And uh, Galatians tells us we need to carry each other's burdens. There are, in your life, there are going to be burdens that are too big for you to carry alone. Uh, and certainly staying on track and following Jesus is a core challenge that you, you just need, mates. So I'm, in a minute uh, after this, I'm going to catch up with a couple of my mates um, Gus and Mark and often Harm will be with us as well and we catch up every week and I, I know I need that fellowship um, where I where, where they kind of know you know a, a bit of the challenges in my life and know what kind of questions to ask me and I kind of know similarly for them but they also know and they wrestle with me about how do I help lead the church to where I think God's calling me to go and And so they're mates on the journey. And I think we all need those mates on the journey. Alongside that, one of the things the Bible uh, makes clear, Jesus says, it's by this will all men know that you're my disciples, by your love for each other. What he's actually saying is, one of the, the greatest arguments for Jesus will not be your words or even who you are. It'll be your relationship with other people in the church, people who, other followers of Jesus that the way you relate to other followers of Jesus should speak loudly. And uh, we've heard from people who have uh, brought others along to things that the church has done, like at the Anzac Day or even the, the art exhibition. There's something about that. When the church is at its best, it's attractive. People go, there's something about that that is one of the best arguments for Jesus. That is not about how clever we are or what programs we put on. It's about the genuine relationship between brothers and sisters in Christ. so those the, the fact that you need fellowship, not only do you need fellowship, uh, it's going to be one of the strongest arguments your life will give about the truth of who Jesus is.
0: Hmm. Um, Dan, I, I, I think as as one of the the most encouraging people I've ever met, just um, talk to us about how important it is to to encourage each other in our journeys.
3: Yeah, well, it's, if we always just need people alongside us that are that are going to tell us we're doing a good job because not many you know we're so hard on ourselves sometimes that that um we get a distorted view of of what we're doing and, and how we're we're doing it and so um yeah it's just so key to have people around us that will um see the work that god's doing in us um, a little bit like that question we had last week where i said that um i get excited about seeing what jesus is doing in other people's lives like mm-hmm. that's and then i want to you know i want to highlight that and i want to encourage people in that um, and and actually this morning's um in, in my prayer time it was leading me to be thankful for you know people that have been on the journey and have mentored and and discipled me and and uh, so it was you know really nice to reflect on you know the the role Matt has had in my life these last few years of of challenging and encouraging me in preaching and and taking more responsibility and uh, yeah I think it's good to acknowledge the people that are being with you in the journey but also to like I said really look at how you can highlight what God's doing in other people's lives and 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 maybe it is also just listening Uh, um, sometimes we don't need to say anything (laughs) to be an encouragement uh, sometimes it is just listening to the heart of what's going on and just, just feeling the compassion that God has for that person in that moment as well. Um, and, and just not trying to fix things, but just trying to listen to that. And, and I think when we're trying to follow God with our calling, um, there'll be moments of that where we like, feel like we're frustrated and there's, that we're hitting a wall. And um, we're not, <laughs> sometimes we want answers, but sometimes we just need someone to listen. And uh, I think that's that's okay for us to be in that mode, but it is also important for us to be um, ready to to listen to others as well and, and be ready to encourage.
0: That there's another there's another really key aspect to this this sort of encouraging and this walking alongside that um, when we're doing that we also are holding one another accountable for our for our um, callings and our mission and, and all that kind of thing um again like um talk talk a bit about how important that is
3: yeah accountability is like one of the four things that i have as real strong value um because i find myself needing it to like i i need mates like matt saying around me that are going to hold me to my words um, because again, we can get so distracted from what we said we we're going to do. Um, million things come at you each day, and um, you lose sight of the of what the spirits wanting or guiding you to do. And and so when you share that and be vulnerable with some guys, um, with some mates to say, "This is what I feel God's calling me to do," or um, uh, then it's so important that you take that. If if someone shares that with you, uh, take that really seriously because that's a big step hmm. for someone to share what's really on their heart and, and to invite you to journey in that. And, and so whenever I get that, that whenever someone blesses me with that opportunity, um, I really want to honor that and, and make sure that I'm following up and, and um, yeah, just asking, how's that going and, and where are you up to with that next step and um, whatever I can do to help make sure they're still on that path. Um, because yeah, it's mm. accountability is so important. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mitchell. Um- People will know you're my followers by how you love. Um, I don't know. How, how do you think we're going with that stuff? And, and, and how do you feel? How, how does that that all feel to you?
2: Um, I think, yeah, from what I've seen in the church, I'd say that that's, I think we're pretty good at that, to be honest, like to a certain extent from what I've seen in the you know things that I'm a part of. However, I've known that others have complained that they may not have felt that or that they may not have received that. And I have seen that in some parts as well, and I have almost experienced that in some parts. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, well, I think our church actually has always had just a pretty good reputation since its inception of always being there for everyone and being a very welcoming and loving uh, people. And I think it's actually great to still be a part of that church and still see that. But no doubt there is always room for improvement in everything that we do.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, certainly too tied up in this idea, Matt, of people know you're my followers by how you you love each other. It's also how we show love to the whole whole community out there as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that was really the the last thing I was saying. I was saying, look, it's going to be your life that speaks more than your Mm. words. And... And as people engage with you, they should feel loved. Yep. That that that, and that it that can be really challenging, particularly if you're not particularly self-confident, or uh, if you're coming from a very different value base, where people you, don't, you find it hard to relate to people who are having conversations about TV shows you don't watch, or uh, ways you wouldn't act, or or whatever it is. So how do you ex- express love uh, in that context? Is a real. It can be a real challenge, but it's it's the challenge. And that's, I, I finished with the verse from Peter that I think we're going to keep coming back to. because so I think it's the key to mission where he says, be ready to give an answer for the hope you have. People uh, should be looking at us and going, gee, you're hopeful. Hmm. And so so that, that was really the the, the the last thing I wanted to communicate about what your, what your calling actually means before I started to talk about how we as a church uh, would help people step into their calling. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm just listening to Matt say that Dan I'm reminded of um something we heard at GLS a few weeks ago that that whole idea that people will remember uh people will remember how how they felt or how you made them feel much longer than they'll remember what you did and I think there's a lesson in that for for the church as well
3: um yeah no I think it does it comes down to if you feel like that person has heard you, or if you f- feel like um, you know they're actually going to do what you've asked or follow up on what you know what what you're saying, uh, I think we know. Uh, it's funny. It's funny actually. Ray and I have been watching that um, parental guidance um, series that was on for just a short time, and I just can't help now but look at shows like that and go, "What is reality?" Like it just it just feels staged. It feels like you know it's it's manipulated to be like oh we want this couple and this couple to be at the end, so that um, you know we get what we want to have expressed. We want those controversial moments and things. And and so I think our society is starting to get a bit used to that. Of uh, can see a fake can can see when someone is is just saying what needs to be said or or is um, is just waiting for a moment for them to to say what they want to say in the conversation. It's another thing to actually be with someone that goes, well, wow, that person really listened to me and that person loved me um, in the way that they listened and, and the way that they followed up and acted afterwards. And I think that's for us as a, as a church, um, you know, to again, hold true to our, our words of um, and, and in our actions to show that... Um, it's jesus that's guiding us to act this way and and to to love others in this way to to um not fake it but actually yeah find that joy in others that, that jesus finds in us that's i mean that's what i come back to is just to see this person through Jesus' eyes right now and um, what what's his heart for this person what what how's that shaping me <laughs> like what's how's this person's story um got to share with my life and um i think we whether christian or not people have um yeah something to add uh, and it's part of our journey to to bring them into a relationship with jesus that shows them their worth as well um, amongst that
1: so yeah
0: hmm.
1: So, look, it's with all that in view that we're trying to realign the church to actually walk with each and every person in the church in their specific calling. Um, I pointed people to our uh, little booklet that we handed out and all the, the, the different ways we are saying that we think it's right to realign the church in this way. So we're talking about creating opportunities for training and exploration of the specific calling God has for people... To connect people with uh, our calling support and incubation team, this group of people who we want to help people work through what all this means, encouraging people to find a, a kingdom cell. I've already talked about how important my kingdom cell is with Gus and Mark and and Haram. Uh, and uh, in, in sharing the, with the whole church uh, what God is calling people to through our uh, citywide stories, but also. I'd love to do more commissioning of people and say, yeah, let's lay hands on these people and recognise this is what God's calling them to. Uh, praying for people and uh, and connecting with people, with other people who have similar skills and resources or things that people need. Uh, and we've, we've realigned the whole buildings of, of the church so that the the buildings are being used to support our people in their calling and, and also our administrative facilities uh, so that they're not about putting on church on a Sunday morning, although that's important, that our facilities are about facilitating people, stepping into the calling that God has for them uh, and finding ways to promote what people are doing and and providing coaching uh, as people start start the journey. There's just some of the ways that we we think it's right to realign the church so that we're not just talking about this stuff, that we are, as a church, with people as they step out on this journey. And as I said, for some, some people, stepping into the calling that God has for them will mean starting something new. We've actually got a form on our website that we pinched from a mob called the Underground Church that helps you think through what it means to start something new. For other people, their, their sense will be a bit more like the Jewish people who were in Babylon and saying, God, what have you done? Why are we stuck here? We're in exile. And Jeremiah gave them a word they didn't want to hear. He said, no, you seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've called you. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. I want you to stay where you are. I want you to to be my representative in this place that isn't uh, a representative of, representation of my kingdom, but I want you to be my ambassador in that place. And so sometimes God will call us to start something new. Sometimes he'll call us to... To not start something new, but, but to stay where we are and live as ambassadors or even exiles uh, in in Babylon, and so I didn't have as much time as i planned because uh, it was lovely hearing in Vicky's heart as she sort of shared uh, her journey with calling, um, and there were some technical issues or whatever that meant she didn't hear me as clearly as I was interviewing her, uh, but she she did a great job and. And I think she was a great exhibit of what we mean when we say we want to support people in their calling. She talks about the calling that God has for her. So, that, so for us, this is where the rubber hits the road. This, we, we don't want to just talk about this stuff. We want to be a church that actually supports people to step into it. Hmm.
0: Dan, how do you respond to that?
1: Yeah, I, I think
3: um, that, <laughs> that's part of when I came on team. I was so excited about the opportunities here at Citywide. Um, and to see, you know, us reshape the building, um, really put some um, support in, in personnel as well as um, programs. Um, yeah, and we're seeing it. I think the last the last three weeks, the, the Citywide stories have been people stepping into their calling, um, taking seriously what God's laid on their hearts and, and stepping into that. And so um, it's exciting, exciting times to see um, the spirit move as yeah, in response to us wanting to set this as our key pathway forward for people in the congregation, that that um, yeah, practical support. I mean, even this this podcast, you know, is, is trying to provide weekly input um, into practical support. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really it's been really good to be part of Siduad shaping this to to walk with people um as they consider what's god laying on their heart and then provide opportunity of to discern that and as we've already discussed all the ways that that happens but um yeah i think what matt's sharing there and how this is what we're going how we're going to go about it um yeah I think it's really yeah.
0: good okay so lots of exciting stuff happening here at citywide um this is actually uh the the last episode of the next steps podcast for 2021 this is the end of season one uh we'll be taking a a break throughout december and january and we will be back in february uh for season two of next steps uh probably with some new panel members and with some returning panel members so um yeah this has been the next steps podcast i want to thank all the people who have been involved with the podcast uh this year and i want to thank people for uh tuning in and and interacting with the podcast uh please give us your feedback send us your questions and comments uh please share the uh, podcast and um yeah we will be back next year goodbye
2: it's great or feeling happy with uh how it's going i'm just talking absolute crap out of my bum now <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i lost my train i thought like two minutes ago <laughs> that
0: was great i'm gonna leave that in oh no. that was awesome that can be an easter egg, an easter egg. <laughs> keep going matt <laughs> save us
1: <laughs> okay